This is the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, where we talk about districts five and six, week in, week out here in the great state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey. Our East Idaho expert is Sean Kane. Sean, what's going on? Well, you know, school started, sports are in full swing. Uh, you know, it's a nice little, nice little August we have here. Nice yeah. Little thing. <laughs> so Sean is a teacher at Century High School in Pocatello. Uh, today, uh, we're recording this Wednesday night, August 23rd. You're going to hear this first thing Thursday, August 24th. Uh, today was your first day officially in school with students, with right? With students, yeah. First day with students, assembly and go around, check out your classes for not a normal amount of time. But yeah, just kind of get in the swing of things. Um, I noticed the nice kind of like buzz, like kids are kind of, I, you know, kids aren't necessarily excited to be at school, but <laughs> I think they're, you know, I think we're finally getting back into the swing of things, right? Have we said that a thousand times? But, right. you know, post COVID and stuff, people are I think we've got those kind of routines and that structure set and I, and I think people enjoy it. And, um, I mean, I, I do, I like, I like to go back. I'm just excited, um, and excited to see all the kids and stuff. And I think it's, it's been great. Um, I'm glad we're just more in a normal track, you know, it's just us at the school at century this year, Island reopened. So that's good for them. I'm glad they're able to go back to their school and their sporting teams are, spread across the good part of the Pocatello area, but they're, they're still getting it done too. So it's been, uh, it's been nice to get back into the swing. Yeah. Uh, and it took you exactly one day of being in school with students to get sick, right? Yeah. I've got, I've got a little, little, got a little sniffles here, but I think I got it from my, my own children. My old children were kind of had it this weekend. So, uh, don't write down little sniffles as the title. That's, yeah, that's, exa- <laughs> that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> I knew it. Um, I think I got it from them, but I I very rarely get sick. So um, hopefully I feel better now than I did this morning. But uh, yeah, I'll just, I'll just keep keep on keep on trucking, just like uh, the East Idaho sports train is going to this weekend. That's right. That's a good transition uh, to talk about what happened last week where we had soccer competition. We had football. Uh, golf, of course, has been off and running for some time. Um, and now we get into volleyball and even cross country this week. Um, well, let's start with football. That was the big story. East Idaho, kind of a mixed bag in week zero. They played uh, six teams played three got win. Actually, seven teams played three got wins. Four came away with losses. And I guess actually one was an East Idaho versus East Idaho. So really, it was eight teams played three, lo- one, five law. Lo- Anyways, I don't know the math. <laughs> three, three teams were victorious. That's all you need to know. Let's start with. I'm sure you're going to be really shocked to hear this one. Sugar Salem, <laughs> Sugar <laughs> Salem in a game that was on IdahoSports.com hosted Century, little 3A versus 4A matchup. Diggers pitched the shutout 43 nothing. They rushed for 282 yards as a team. Uh, Carson Harris had 87 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, and, and that's what that's what Sugar's going to do all year. It's going to be running back by committee. It's going to be Carson Harris piling up yardage and then giving way to younger players. 
Uh, Sugar played great defense, pitched the shutout. The IdahoSports.com player of the game was actually on defense, Ryan Bingham. He had two sacks, two tackles for loss, and a blocked punt. So all in all, just another day at the office for the diggers. Yeah, I mean, no surprises. They're going for the, what, four in a row, right? If they yes. were able to bring it back, the kind of a, a kind of an elusive four peat. Um, so that would be uh, quite quite a, a thing for the for Sugar Salem. And I think I think what we saw this last week is there a team that could possibly do it. Yeah, I mean, you just you run out of platitudes to say when describing what Sugar Salem does. Um, great team win for Century. We knew it was going to be kind of a tough year for them uh, with lower numbers in the junior and senior classes, big freshman class that we talked about. Um, But uh, for the Diamondbacks, I think they saw some positives. Uh, Deegan Crabtree started under center for Century. He had 87 passing yards. Um, And there will be brighter days ahead for Century. I mean, starting with Sugar Salem is a tough way to start. Yeah, I think – you know, you talked about all the offense, but I like that the Sugar Salem player, the defensive player got it because in watching Sugar Salem, I think that's what really stands out is their defense is just top notch and doesn't doesn't allow anything. Yeah, it was a high scoring game, but I guarantee the the defense was putting on a show, even though you know they don't get as much acclaim, but that defense flies around. Um they're they're a strong program, even at the three A level, they're they could play with a lot of other levels of football uh, across the state for sure. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they did in the uh, 4A Southeast Idaho Conference, that's for sure. So, uh, yeah, Sugar starts the year 1-0. and um, Also picking up a win uh, was Malad. Malad went to American Falls. This was a 2A versus 3A matchup. And just like Sugar got the win over the larger opponent, so did Malad. They went 12-6. to Braylon Tripp throws a 24-yard touchdown pass in the first, or excuse me, in the second quarter, and it was 6-0 Malad for a really long time. We get to the fourth. Malad scores again. Now they're up 12-0. American Falls tries to rally. There's a minute 20 left. Dax Brower finds his brother Bo Brower for a 36-yard touchdown. Beavers are within a score at 12-6. They try to get the onside kick. It fails, uh, but they do force the punt from Malad. American Falls gets the ball back with 12 seconds. Uh, desperation heave falls incomplete. Malad gets a 12 to six win. And I'll be honest, I was pretty high on American Falls sure. coming into the season. I still am, but maybe we should be as high on Malad. And I think if we went back and looked at the tape, I think you were you were also kind of big on Malad too. So I think you did say you you did say Malad was going to be a lot, you know, was a team to watch. So kind of two two teams that. Um, have been kind of on the back burner, both kind of stepping up and I mean, 12 to six, you have a chance to win at the end, anyone's game. Yeah. I mean, that was a really fun, low scoring affair for sure. Um, the third team that got a win on opening uh, weekend was grace. They played El Capitan, Arizona. I'll be honest. I don't know much about El Capitan, Arizona. I tried looking them up, uh, online. I couldn't find anything about them having a football team in the past or anything. So I'm not sure what their situation is. I know this game got added late to the schedule, um, but Grace gets a 34 to 16 win. That's about all I can tell you. <laughs> I think it's Grace kind of infamously, um, you know, says uh, we just play solid team ball and that's 
I guess that's yeah. They, they I don't want to know, right? They don't have like a Twitter. They don't have an Instagram. They're not TikToking. No. Um, you you just all you get is W's on Fridays, <laughs> and that's what we get to say. Grace won, you know, and they're you know they were great last year, and you know that's a any if you can go into week zero and come away come away with a win, I think that's good. You know, get that extra week of practice and kind of work out the kink. So you know, good job by Grace. Yeah, nice job by the Grizzlies to start one and oh. All right, now let's talk about the other side of it, the East Idaho teams that weren't able to come through. For the most part, a lot of the games were close and competitive. Um, let's start with, I think we have to start with the game I was at, not because, you know, I'm better than anybody, but just because this was the story of the week, not just in East Idaho, but statewide. Rigby playing Coeur d'Alene in this neutral site game at the University of Montana, Rigby has gone 42 and five the last four seasons. They shut out Coeur d'Alene 24, nothing last year. They bring back Luke flowers, the five, a player of the year and future university of Montana quarterback, four of five starters on the offensive line. And it's Coeur d'Alene who dominates this thing from start to finish in a 27 to 21 victory. Just tell me what was your reaction as you were checking in on the score, as you were broadcasting. Oh, I've got a great story. I'm, and we'll get to the game I was at, but I was at Thunder Ridge High School and I was working the camera in the second half and the guy next to me was watching you guys watching that game at the Thunder Ridge game. And he's like, man, this is a good game. And, and you know, I'm like putting my mic away so I could listen in and uh, uh, he could keep me updated on it. But um, really, like it really wasn't close until the end. Right. I mean, yeah. pretty much quarter lane dominated and. And that everyone was kind of tuning at the end because Rigby was making a little bit of a comeback. But I was I was kind of surprised. I think I think most of Idaho was probably surprised that result a quarterlane team that has been at the top for many years, um, kind of working the way back up to it. But a great win. But yeah, it was pretty funny. But they, I mean, the, the guy next to me said I was doing a better job than you guys. But I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what happened? This is going to be super funny. Uh, in in broadcasting, you always have to remember to bring all your equipment with you to cover the game. And so I'm I'm three hours from home. It's not like I can just run home and grab a, a piece of gear if I'm missing it. I forgot. Uh, here, I'm going to zoom out. I'll show you exactly what I'm talking about. I pa- I packed all the gear on Friday. I'm getting ready to drive to Missoula. I live in Coeur d'Alene now, and I forgot right here. My headsets. I had I had no headset to broadcast with, um, so the audio was not great. You could still hear what I was saying, but rookie move on my part. And so, yes, I'm sure your broadcast was much better than mine. I guarantee it. Um, but for the game itself, I was stunned. And and I'll I'll be honest. Anybody outside of the walls of Quarterlane High that said they thought the Vikings were going to win is lying. They're lying. Um, no, I would agree. <laughs> Everybody would- thought. Oh, go ahead. That was that was everyone. They're like, who's winning? Oh, Coeur d'Alene. And like everyone, you know, <laughs> all the guys up in the stands, probably coaches of football of Little League and stuff are like, what? You know, everyone was like that. And you, then me, I'm like, what? <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was it was surprising. Um, but I mean, not really surprising with the pedigree that Coeur d'Alene brings. Right. I, I mean, I think at that aspect, I think Coeur d'Alene's always brings they're not they're not coming down to lose anywhere i don't think they're willing to travel that's just a, a team 
Um, I'm not surprised uh, that they were able to come up with the win, but I mean, I wouldn't have predicted the win for sure. Yeah, basically this came down to me. It was pretty simple. Um, Coeur d'Alene ran the ball extremely well. Their running back Carson Spielman had close to 150 yards and Rigby conversely could not run the ball at all, which was really surprising to me considering they brought back so many starters on the offensive line. That Coeur d'Alene defense is no joke. They pick off Luke Flowers four times. Um, and like I said, the game wasn't really close until the end when Rigby rallied late. And at the same time, Coeur d'Alene had the ball inside Rigby's 10 yard line four different times, Sean, and came away empty four times. So it could have, it could have been a lot worse too. So yeah, just a lot of, a lot of peaks and valleys in that one. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Rigby's going to be fine. This is a good, I think this is a really good loss for them because they're going to refocus and reset now. And I would, I would not want to face Rigby the rest of the way. Cause they're going to be a tough out, but no, I can't imagine Armando Gonzalez. Um, will be happy with that result by any any means you know and he'll have that team ready to go and like you said sometimes that's good you they'd ra- much rather lose a quarter lane now than later in the fall you know yes so uh we will uh wait and see um let's talk about the game you were at thunder ridge hosting minico in a 5a versus 4a showdown minico gets a 28 to 14 victory um what did you see from the the Titans specifically, since this is an East Idaho prep cast. Oh yeah. The, you know, Thunder Ridge has a great quarterback um, Moss and they have a good, great complement of receivers in Hudson Harker. Um, and they're just, they can really pass the ball. The problem in that game, Thunder Ridge just wasn't quite able to throw the, or to run the ball. If they were able to run the ball, it would have been, it would have been much closer or they could have even won because that towards the second half of the, the game, Minico could really just kind of bear down that they had to run the ball. And, you know, Thunder Ridge wanted to come out and, and, and do a little more running, but the Minico defense was good, but Thunder Ridge is, they can pass the ball when it gets, gets down to the nitty gritty. They, they're a team that can spread that ball and pass it. And they're not going to be an easy out for any team. And also their defense is pretty good as well and did a lot of good things, but, yeah, it was it was just a you know kind of a tough game. It was kind of close the whole game, kind of like last year. And um, Minico kind of held a little more and got one late touchdown and kind of stopped any any kind of comeback from Thunder Ridge towards the end. Yeah, it sounds like similar to the Rigby game. The team that ran the ball most effectively was the team that uh, came out of there with the win. So um, we'll see if uh, Thunder Ridge can. Sure things up there. The third game that we had on IdahoSports.com, if you're a fan of 5A football in East Idaho, we had all three games, Rigby, Thunder Ridge, and also Madison hosting Hawaii. Madison actually took the lead in this contest. Uh, Barkley Beck scored on a short touchdown run, um, and then it was a 7-3 lead for Madison, and then there was kind of this deluge of points from Hawaii. The big play was uh, Gage Hawes, taking a pick six back for a touchdown. Um, they end up falling 24-17. For Madison, I think turnovers were a problem. And for the second year in a row, they lose a very close game with the Waihe that could have playoff implications down the road. Yeah, we, we saw that last year. Um, yeah, I think for Madison, it's going to be the the turnovers, right? The turnovers are what's, I think, going to kind of make or break them this year. Um, you're not going to be able to have especially in the in the conference 
uh, Madison plays in with Rigby, Highland, and Thunder Ridge. Very difficult to turn the ball over and beat high-quality teams. Yeah, so uh, the High Country Conference goes 0-3 in the opening weekend, but the nice thing is you can turn the page pretty quickly and uh, get ready for the next slate of games. So let's let's talk about what's coming up this week um, in terms of football. Now that we're in week one, Sean, we're going to see just about everybody um, competing here. Let's start with the 5A classification, and then we will work our way down. Um, as we look here, the matchups that we see are uh, obviously the Rocky Mountain Rumble, Huge event coming to Madison. I guess we can talk about that first on its own. Um, IdahoSports.com is going to be broadcasting the Rocky Mountain Rumble. Uh, once again, we are going to be broadcasting all seven games. Actually, there's an eighth game that's taking place at Rigby. So seven oh. of the games are going to be at Madison High School in Rexburg. An eighth game will be at Rigby High School as well. Um the Rocky Mountain Rumble is a great tradition uh, in the state of Idaho. And here's the schedule. Um, the first game on Friday will feature Marsh Valley, a team that's making its season debut under second year head coach, Jeff Belknap. They will play the Comets from Raymond, Alberta, Canada. We're getting a team from North of the border coming down to the Rocky Mountain Rumble, Sean. It's uh, it's the pure, premier Northwest event in football is, is from what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Teams from Utah, uh, California, and Canada this year. Uh, Marsh Valley really struggled last year, but they've got a lot of dynamic athletes, a lot of speed to burn. I'm going to be really interested to see Marsh Valley. They play Friday at 11 a.m. Then at 2 o'clock, it's Minico, a team you saw last week. They're going to play Desert Hills, Utah. Then we've got really the meat and potatoes here. 5 o'clock Friday night from Madison Skyline, the Three-time defending 4A state champs will play Layton, Utah, the Lancers. Layton is year in, year out, one of the toughest teams in the state of Utah. This is going to be a fun matchup Friday night at 5 o'clock. Yeah, I, I mean, last year it wasn't the same teams, right? But, man, the, the matchups are always phenomenal. You just I'm, – I'm, I'm real interested to see Skyline. I mean, they've got, they lost a lot of graduation, but spoiler alert, um, they've got some really good underclassmen, Carmine Garcia, Amani Morel, um, both are, you know, poised for big things for Skyline this year. Um, then we've got the seven o'clock game at Rigby. Rigby is going to take on Lehigh, Utah. Lehigh is uh, a phenomenal team year in, year out as well. That's going to be a very tough matchup for Rigby. If the Trojans went 0-2, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because two really good opponents. Um, and then at eight o'clock back at Madison, we have Highland taking on skyline, not, not that skyline yeah, skyline, Utah um, from Salt Lake city. This that's going to be a fantastic matchup too. Yeah. And that skyline team's always a very good team from Utah as well. Right. Yes. They're, they're very good. So just great matchups to start your season and see where your teams are at and all, all that jazz, man, that's going to be good stuff. Yeah, and a friendly reminder, this, the state of Utah starts their season uh, early on um, to the point that most of these teams already have two games under their belts. And for Idaho, I mean, some of them are going to be making their season debut. So the Rumble typically favors 
the out-of-state opponents. Um, last year, I think only two teams from Idaho won at the Rumble, so don't read too much into that. Then we get into the Saturday schedule, Sean. Sugar Salem is going to play at 1 o'clock on Saturday against Templeton, California. All right, yeah. chance for the Diggers to take down a team from, from California. I mean... If there's a team in Idaho that can, it's it's Sugar Salem. That's, that's that'll be my statement. <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's a that's a long trip, but I, I like it. Yeah, that is a very long trip for Templeton, California. I wonder if they flew out. Um, I'd have to look. Uh, then at four o'clock, you're gonna have Lewiston. They're gonna play Woods Cross, Utah, and then at seven o'clock Saturday night, of course, Madison, the host school. They will play the Wasps from Wasatch Academy in Utah. So, just great matchups. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to see if these teams from East Idaho can bounce back. So that's the Rocky Mountain Rumble. Um, Non-Rumble contests. Um, we'll we'll start with the 5A, 4A slate in Idaho. I'll go through the game, Sean. You tell me which one is most intriguing to you. We have Preston at Bonneville. We have Hillcrest at Century. We have uh, Pocatello at Mountain Crest, Utah. So they're traveling south to play the Mustangs from Mountain Crest. We have Emmett at Blackfoot. And we have Star Valley at Shelley. Idaho Falls at Thunder Ridge as well. So which of those games is most intriguing to you? Um, You know... <laughs> I don't want to say the game I'm going to be doing, but <laughs> I'm really intrigued to see Hillcrest. They're playing Century, and there's a lot of buzz about Hillcrest um, this year. And um, I, you know, I I didn't get to see them live last year. I, I saw them play Pocatello High School um, on film last year, and so I'm I'm really I'm really excited to kind of see this Hillcrest team um and 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 see what what they're all about this year because there there's some a, a lot of people are very big on them they you know they've got they've got a lot of pieces they've been there for a number of years now and um i'm pretty i'm pretty excited to see them so i think that you know it might be a, it could be a lopsided game but i think it'll be interesting to see that hillcrest team i'm, I'm also interested to see uh Pocatel thunder too um you know they're not playing at Idaho school, but they're they've gotten some high ranking from coaches polls and things too. So when they, when teams get those high rankings, you, you kind of you want to see what they got out on the field, you know? Yeah. So a couple things. Uh, Hillcrest at Century is going to be our East Idaho game night on IdahoSports.com. Sean, you will have the call uh, for that game. Hillcrest was picked second in our preseason coaches poll uh, in the high country conference, only behind skyline. So yeah, Brennan Moss holder in his third year there at Hillcrest doing great things with that night's program. Pocatello is going to be fun to watch. Um, they've got uh, Drake Contreras back at quarterback. Of course, he missed a lot of last year with injuries. Hunter may had to step in and be the quarterback. He's now back at wide receiver. They've got the electrifying Reich and echo Hawk at running back and uh, big news. Uh, when I, you know, I email every coach in the state for our season previews, you know, and have them fill out a little preseason questionnaire. Um, and we always have a section that says, you know, new impact <laughs> players that could help your program. And Pocatello coach Dave Spillett put Julian Bowie, wide receiver, senior. So Bowie, of course, he's a great basketball player for Pocatello High. He's going to play at Boise State in college. He played uh, on the on the semifinal team 
in football as a sophomore, didn't come out last year, is coming out this year, which is huge for Pocatello. Yeah, that and he also is playing golf too. So he's he's a pretty busy guy. Uh so yeah, it'll be I mean, there's there's a lot of people coming back to that Thunder team. Um East Idaho, as far as forays, got some really, really strong teams, you know, Skyline, Hillcrest, and the Thunder, you know, you just you've got a lot of strong teams that I'm I'm just kind of ex- excited to see get out the gates and, um, you know, just you know you can read all you want about them, but till you go out and see them play, it's it's a whole different thing. Definitely, I will mention as well. Uh, Preston is going to play at Bonneville. Um, the Indians did lose their season opener to Lakeland, um, but Preston's starting quarterback got injured. Uh, pretty early on in the contest, and they had to go to a freshman backup off the bench who actually came in and played pretty well, considering uh, you know, he was pretty much thrown into the fire. They lose 17 to 7. Um, so Reggie Larson is the starting quarterback. He's a junior. He left with an injury in the second quarter, and then freshman Carter Perry had to come in. Uh Carter Perry uh had a pretty scary health bout recently this summer. I believe it was cancer, and he fought that off and is cancer free and now is playing varsity football as a freshman. Um, and then Carson, Carson Winder was really the, the big guy for Preston in the loss. He had 79 yards rushing 49 yards receiving and three sacks on defense guy was busy. He's a fantasy dream, right? Fantasy football <laughs> dream. Yeah. I mean, that, that'll, I mean, Preston is, uh, I think made a lot of right moves in the right direction for their football program. And, Again, they play one of those low-scoring games against Lakeland in the week zero. It's kind of been a traditional game, and both teams seem to kind of upward trend after that game. So it's probably good to get it on the schedule for both of them. So yeah, definitely good early season test. Uh, the game I'm most excited to see is Emmett at Blackfoot uh, because Blackfoot lost a lot to graduation, and and coaches I think recognize that Blackfoot was picked last in our preseason coaches poll. Um, among the high country conference teams, they were picked sixth. I really don't think Blackfoot's going to be uh, their their demise. I don't think is going to be as great as people say. But I'm interested to see, you know, how do they look with so many new faces? So that to me is the game. I'm kind of most kind of interested to see what Blackfoot's got together because just historically they've been a pretty consistent program despite losing players year over year. So that's the game I'm most looking forward to. There, um, let's dive into 3A, 2A games, Sean. And again, you just tell me which one you think is most intriguing. We've got the annual rivalry game, American Falls at Aberdeen. We have North Fremont at Bear Lake. We have uh, Malad 1-0 traveling to play Lyman High School in Wyoming. They're a perennial power over there in the Cowboy State. Soda Springs is at Ryrie. Kimberly is at Snake River. We've got Firth at Westside. Um, and then, uh, expanding, we've also got, um, Timberlake at South Fremont and Wendell at West Jefferson. Is there, is there a game? I know I just threw a lot at you. There. Oh no. I mean, I already looked at these games and I've already, the first West side one is right. That's always, that's always a classic week one game, right? I mean, I think they've always have like last second touchdowns and all kinds of different things and why would it change right that first west side is always a, a, a it's just a game i think you pencil in any any time of the year so that one immediately jumps out to me 
Yeah, Westside brings back uh, Parker Moser, great running back. Eli Brown, who was the starting quarterback last year. They bring back some pretty good offensive and defensive linemen. Uh, Firth lost a lot to graduation. They do bring back a couple of um, younger linemen. They bring back a really good tight end and, and a wide receiver um, that both started down the stretch last year. Um, so uh, Shook is the tight end, um, and he started as a sophomore. Uh, for Firth, um, Firth always has speedy athletes. I agree. Firth and Westside is going to be fantastic. And then it's almost like this could be like the final four in the two-way playoffs. You got yeah. Firth and Westside on one side. And then you got North Fremont playing Bear Lake, Bear Lake yeah. at the other uh, one. Bear Lake uh, won the championship last year, first in school history. They only lost to one team all year. It was North Fremont. Yeah, that that would have been my second one. I, I'm, pr- I'm pretty excited to see what bear lake has and and north fremont is is it, they be, they beat a lot of good teams last year so they're not you, when you play all the really hard teams kind of in the same area it's kind of how it just shakes out but that should be a phenomenal game as well yeah i will tell you i vote in the uh, statewide media poll every week um that comes out every tuesday and uh, Bear Lake fans are going to hate me for saying this, but I have voted two weeks in a row North Fremont as my number one team. I really think uh, Coach Ben Lenz has a really good team this year. Bear Lake also has a very good team with Toby Flake returning and Bryson Crane. Big question is, is who's going to throw on the ball? Taysen Neal graduated, but uh, I think this is going to be a fantastic matchup as well. So that'll be a lot of fun there. And finally, the eight-man slate this week, Sean, we've got... Camas County at Rockland, Grace at Cary, North Gem at Castleford. Um, we also have Hanson uh, hosting Water Springs. We have Murtaugh at Chalice. Um, Richfield is at Mackey as well. Uh, Butte County is at Valley. And one 3A game, I forgot to mention, Teton making the annual trip over to Jackson high school in Jackson hole, Wyoming, David Joyce used to be the coach at Jackson. Now at Teton Teton smoked his old school last year. So I would be uh, surprised if the same thing didn't happen this year. Teton's going to be very good again this year, but what's, what's the eight man game you're most looking forward to watch. Uh, what was the first one you said? The very first one was Camas County at Rockland. I, yeah, I think that's the one I, I, I saw earlier in the week that I'm, I'm kind of intrigued to see 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 that game i i I like rockland um camas county i'm just kind of interested to see what what both teams will bring to the plate in that one yeah uh camas county brings back a lot of talented players from last year's team they got to the quarterfinals of the 1a d2 playoffs rockland of course has won the 1a d2 rocky mountain conference the last two years they've got uh teague matthews the six foot five thunderkind that's getting looked at by Boise State, among others. Is he going to be the quarterback? Is he going to be the wide receiver? You'll have to stay tuned and find out. He did both last year for Rockland. Yeah, I think that's going to be a really fun game. The The eight-man game that I would circle uh, as, as one to watch certainly, I think, is going to be North Gem at Castleford. These are two teams that finished in second place in their respective conferences last year. North Gem... Um, brings back a lot of talented players, including Rusty Hatch and and others. Castle Ford, I'm really intrigued just to see. They had 12 players last year on their team, Sean, total. They called themselves the Dirty Dozen. Eight of those guys were seniors. So I, I'm like, 
how's Castleford going to even find enough guys to play? Um, so that's going to be interesting to me, I think. Yeah, you, you see that a lot too. Like, you know, uh, Grace Lutheran and Pocatello, will, their basketball team will have, you know, six seniors and they have eight <laughs> people on the team and it's kind of reloads. So kind of the same thing in football, but yeah. I'm thinking 12, that's not enough, but it's eight man football. So, but uh, man, that's, you're tired. You're tired after that. Yeah. And, and then eight of your 12 leave and you're like, oh man, now what do we do? Uh, yeah. Um, let's, let's talk soccer real quick before we get out of here. Uh, Highland is off to a three and O start in boys soccer. They beat Pocatello two nothing twin falls, one nothing Preston two nothing. So Highland outscoring opponents five to nothing early on this season. They are going to have a really interesting test, though. Friday and Saturday, Highland and Madison will host Boise and Timberline. Um, they'll come over on Friday. Highland and Boise will play first uh, at Madison High School in Rexburg, and then the Bobcats will play the Wolves. And then Saturday, we'll flip it, where uh, Highland uh, will play second against Timberline. I believe it's at Iron Horse Stadium in Pocatello. If it's not ready, I, they might move it to a different site. Um, and then, but Madison will then play Timberline. So this is kind of a fun little quad between these soccer teams this weekend. Yeah. Nice. Um, nice matchups. You know, the, the Boise teams that, you, you know, Timberline, they're always top competitors at state, um, in boys soccer. So good early season matchups there. Yeah. Century boys are off to a two and zero start, Sean. They picked they- up uh, a couple of early season. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, there! I went and watched a little bit today. I don't just do football, guys. <laughs> did, did they win? They were playing Shelly. They scored. They scored a goal like in the first five minutes against Shelly, but I left before it was over, and I haven't heard yet okay. what the final was. But they were up one zero early. But uh, yeah, Shelly Shelly looked good. Century boys looked good. Um, I think I think respectively, I think Shelly will be a, a good boys team. That it's kind of under the the radar and i think century kind of is a little bit under the radar as a boys team and i think they might have a really good season as well they've got a lot of good pieces that have come back this year so it was kind of fun to get out and watch both those teams yeah century beat burley two to one beat marsh valley seven nothing ryan fleischman the century coach is going can i borrow some of those guys from, from my football team well he's got um, one of them a k- kicker <laughs> yeah the 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 sweeper or the last line of defense is Daniel McGee and he's um also the kicker punter kick he does all the kicking for the football team and he and he's playing golf but he didn't play golf today they played Jeez. golf in Burley today um so he couldn't do both but so, some some of the JV kids that made varsity golf played and so I was talking about they're up in Burley playing golf but it hadn't finished yet so that was that was the first uh golf news I'd gotten all year so but was, all the stuff was happening today golf soccer pretty exciting yeah for sure you mentioned shelly as a team to watch uh they got a win two nothing win over preston to start the year and then they they battled sugar salem to a tie a one one tie and we know how good sugar salem is um so yeah i think you're right i think shelly is going to be a really good boy soccer team uh to keep an eye on certainly in girls soccer sean we talked about last week sugar salem was going to travel to sun valley community school to play the defending champion cutthroats oh mama 10 to 1 Sugar Salem wins over the Cutthroats. They beat Preston 8 to 1. They also beat Shelly on Tuesday night 2 to 1. 
So they have outscored their opponents this year 20 to 3 thus far. They're 3 and 0. They could have more points than a lot of the football teams by the end of Friday. You know what I mean? That's for soccer. That's a that's just a ton of points. Yeah, I had I had to relook that up that 10 to 1. I'm I'm shocked cuz I think we talked about that being a pretty pretty good, you know, kind of a good matchup, but wow. But Sugar Salem's girls are always they're always at the one of the top soccer teams and uh yeah, it's just <coughs> I couldn't believe that score. Yeah. Yeah, I've been north kind of lost you. Thida, we don't have as good of internet as over in uh oh. <laughs> yeah, you you were kind of frozen, but you were smiling at least. <laughs> I yeah, I feel like I smile all the time in case I get frozen. Um yeah, uh internet up here in North Idaho is not as good. I miss my fiber internet in po- Pocatello. I'll t- I'll tell you that much. Um other highlights from the early slate of girls soccer action. Um Idaho Falls is off to a 1 and 0 start. Pocatello is 2 and 0 on the season and then at the 5A level Really, Thunder Ridge has kind of been the team the last couple of years. They've they've had a win, a loss, and a draw. They're one and one and one. Rigby is off to a two and zero oh start, which is great to see. Rigby defeated Skyline two to one and Bonneville three to one. So nice job, Trojans. Yeah, I think that five A conference is going to be as far as goes soccer. I think it's going to be pretty competitive. I w- I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't put all my money on one team early on. I think I think you're going to see kind of. Uh, a lot of you know they play each team twice typically and I, I think you could see a lot of one and one matchups you know they beat them once they beat them once and it's going to come down to that district play yeah it's it's pretty incredible so uh before we get out of here sean it is the opening weekend of volleyball competition uh we We'll have a volleyball preview, a written preview up on the site early next week. Um, but I also did a um, preseason volleyball preview special. It is in your PrepCast feed for the East Idaho PrepCast. You can also watch it at the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page. Uh, I broke it down with our uh, volleyball analyst, former Century standout, Lindsay Togiai Afuk. Uh, she came on and we talked for over an hour about all of the volleyball players and teams to keep an eye on. So if you're looking for good volleyball content, you can find it there. Um, but this is the opening weekend of competition and it, the season always starts with the annual Peg Peterson Memorial tournament hosted by Highland high school. This is one of the great events of the year. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's just like um, snow on Christmas, right? <laughs> <laughs> you get, you get it and it's, it's amazing. So uh, yeah, it's always a great tournament. You always have, couple different divisions right usually like a gold silver and you have and what i really like about it is you get a lot sometimes you get a lot of matchups of different divisions like sometimes some 4a 3a 5a all mixed in there and um you get some matchups you might not ever get in a regular season um you get them in this tournament because everyone travels down divisions classifications don't really matter that much they put you in the brackets and play. So that's what I really like about the tournament is kind of that cross play that you, you may not, you may not see in a, in a typical season. Yeah. Now none of these results will count towards anything in terms of official wins or losses or max preps rankings, but it is. 
is a good gauge to see where we kind of went over the history of, of Peggy Peterson and what she meant to Highland High School and really women's sports in Idaho um, last year. But we'll kind of revisit it again. Um, she came to Pocatello in 1961 after teaching in South Dakota and working in medical research in Kansas. Uh, she taught and coached at Alameda Junior High. That's one of the middle schools in Pocatello uh, before moving to Highland High School in 1969. Back then, girls athletics wasn't a thing. They, they just they were cheerleaders and did home ec. And um, so she really helped start women's athletics at Highland High School. Um, 35 years at Highland High. She retired wow. in 1995. Um, but she started all of the athletic programs at Highland High School for, for women. Um, also at the junior high level, um, she coached the basketball team at Highland. She won the championship in their first trip to state. And in an 18 year career, she never had a losing record, 240 wins, 57 losses in girls basketball. She single-handedly coached all 15 girls track events for six years. So she coached the sprinters, the jumpers, the all throwers. She did all of it by herself. Um, she uh, got second place at state with the Highland track and field team. Uh, and she qualified for state volleyball in 11 out of 17 years. Um, overall winning 364 wins, 189 losses. And of course, what she did as a pioneer for women's sports in the state of Idaho. Just what an incredible woman. Yeah, just just a, a testament to just all that determination and hard work and and a good time to reflect of like when we complain that we don't have things or there's not enough of anything. Just think of what people had to do before um, to really, you know, get the best out of their athletes. And so I, I look at it as a good reflection. Like we don't need this fancy thing we don't need this new tool sometimes you just need good coaches um with with the players best interests in mind and 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 the love of the game and that's uh that's kind of what i i get out of that is just you don't need all this other hoopla sometimes you just gotta go out coach um and get the job done which she did hundreds yeah. of times <laughs> <laughs> yes literally 306 364 times she came out a winner so that's just phenomenal so yeah annual peg peterson volleyball tournament this weekend in highland uh mountain view event center is going to have a lot of activity there as well and they are a sponsor for east idaho game night so shout out to the mountain view event center um big supporter of what we're doing here at idahosports.com and that is to shine the spotlight on these great young men and women in our Idaho communities. If there's a story, a team you want us to talk about, you can send me an email, brandon at idahosports.com. All right, Sean, have fun Friday night. Hillcrest <laughs> Century on idahosports.com goes. Yeah, um, you kind of froze out on me again. I think you said uh, the Century <laughs> Hillcrest game. Yes. Yeah, I'm. like I said, again, I'm, I'm super excited to see Hillcrest. Um, if you've never seen a game at Century at night, it's pretty amazing with the mountains on both sides and the sunset. I don't know if there's it's 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 picturesque up there, and uh, it'll be it'll be it'll be fun. Um, I've loved that football's one outside in Pocatello, and I think the atmosphere is great. And you know, people just come to the games because there's football on Friday night outside. You know, so it's a whole different it's a whole different beast now here in in Pocatello with three football stadiums and all that going on. And I love it. 
Yeah, it's a great time for sure. Well, before my internet totally craps out, let's <laughs> let's finish it off. Thanks for tuning into the East Idaho PrepCast, everybody. For Sean Kane, I'm Brandon Bainey, and we will see you next time on IdahoSports.com.